0: Welcome back, new year, new me, and a new format for the podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Shabilski, a.k.a. Shibs, and you're listening to the Sports with Shibs podcast. You can find my podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts as well, and iHeartRadio. Now, you're probably wondering where I have been, and I'll be completely honest, I got very caught up with schoolwork. I was swamped with work with it being finals. And I just had to put a stop to the podcast for a little bit so that I could continue and focus on my school. And I'm actually restructuring the podcast right now. Uh, That's what I was doing during my winter break. And so what is changing will be no longer daily upload, it'll be weekly uploads because it will allow me to have more control on the podcast along with manage my school load. It also will allow me to do other projects that I have in mind and you guys will understand that when it goes to the future but for right now I have projects that are in line where I can do two uploads a week if I want, or I could just do weekly uploads. So you'll got, you will get content every week. And occasionally I might throw in a different video podcast form with a totally different, uh, thing strain away from the standard run of the mill sports breakdown. It it will allow me to do other cool ideas I have in the future. Um, along with that, uh, there will be no more play of the day. I'm working on getting a replacement segment for that. I'm thinking of doing, like, top plays of the week. So, like, maybe the top five plays of the week, and I'll I'll tell you the play, and I'll uh categorize it by what I think would be the top plays. So, yeah, that is the changes of the podcast and where I have been. Um, over the break, I was at the... Local radio station in my hometown, WOCO. I was doing news and I was also broadcasting games with the station, along with uh, announcing home basketball games for my high school as well. So that's pretty much what I was doing over the break. And I will let the video or podcast, I should say. I'll let the podcast take over and I will begin with topics that I missed while I was away. So let's start with the college football national championship game. As we all know, Georgia won the game by a marginal victory. Uh, No pun intended here, but Georgia hounded the Horn Frogs in the championship game. Georgia came out swinging in the opening and not letting TCU catch a break or even breathe in that game. TCU looked flustered. They didn't look like they were playing their style of football. And you could really tell that they did not know what to do against Georgia. And TCU's second half magic really ran out in this game. Uh, they usually are a second-half team. Kirby even said before halftime that they have to game plan for TCU coming out of the gates in the second half strong. But the one thing that I found really funny about the halftime was the analysts and how they were running out of things to say uh, because of the the lead that Georgia had after the first half. It was really something that no analyst could Di- and dissect, it was really funny to watch. Um, they didn't know what to do or what to say. They they just kept bringing up the fact that Georgia was winning by a lot or that TCU still has a chance with their second half magic in the game. And uh, another funny thing I, I saw was uh, Kirby His son was crying after the game because Stetson Bennett was entering the draft, and I found that funny. So that is a wrap on college football for this year, and congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs on winning another national championship. And then speaking of big-time games, one of the biggest games of the NFL season was canceled The Bills-Bengals game was canceled due to DeMar Hamlin getting injured in a very scary sight that I've never seen before in my life. Um, He got hit. It was a clean hit. And he just went down, and he was down for a while where it was very – It was very concerning to watch uh i felt pretty nervous at first but then as the days were rolling out um he was starting to be in stable condition now he's obviously discharged from the hospital and this is one of the things that prove that there is still good in the world because fans from all around NFL showed support by donating to his charity. And he received over $8 million. I believe the like running total is like $8.6 million to his charity. Uh, which is giving toys uh, to kids in need. Which is honestly one of the coolest things ever. Because again, it was around that Christmas time. Over that span. And when he... When he woke up, it's interesting, he said, did we win? And the one person, I don't remember who it was with him, but the one guy said, you won, you won life. And, or it was, yes, you won life. And that, when I read that for the first time, gave me chills because that's what everyone should be striving for in a moment like that is just hoping that he can win this game that we call life and that is the coolest thing that I've ever seen so far with something so scary like this and speaking of scary things like this Peyton Hillis a former Madden cover athlete I believe Madden 12 and NFL running back for the Browns recently saved a kid from drowning causing him to go in critical condition Uh, He has been recently discharged from the hospital, and there's an Instagram and a Twitter post about it. So if you want to go look at it, you can on Twitter and Instagram. But it's interesting to see these NFL players and the strain of it being around that same time and both getting credit that they deserve where DeMar Hamlin fighting for his life, Peyton Hillis, saving a kid from drowning and then also fighting for his life. Uh, And Peyton Hillis is one of the players that I remember because he was on a Madden cover. I had Madden 12 on the Wii when the Wii used to have Madden. And uh, he was one of the, the few players that I remember because when I was a kid, I would just remember the Madden covers and then, as i got my xbox 360 i started to actually memorize a lot of the players besides the packers but i'm just happy to see both of these incredible human beings alive and stable and both discharged from the hospital it's really really amazing to see both of these guys on their feet and continuing to fight the game called life as we all should and now to go into something that I'm sure every Packer fan and NFL fan is sick of hearing, but I have to talk about it because I was actually at the Packer game, and my buddy Corey, um, who has a YouTube channel, it's called Armchair Athletes Pod, you can go check it out, it's a great channel, he texted me when I was at the game, he said, it's pretty much a playoff game. Because it, it was for the Packers. It was, a, it was a playoff game for the Packers in that sense. And he texted saying, you could be seeing Aaron Rodgers' last NFL game or last game as a Packer in Lambeau. And I thought that was really interesting to put that mindset in my head when I was watching the game there. And as I was watching the game, it seemed like he didn't care. It seemed like he... Gave up almost. And he he did not play well. He was very, very sloppy in that sense. So, here is part three of the Aaron Rodgers saga, fiasco, whatever you want to call it. Will he stay or will he go? From a Packers fan perspective. And a Wisconsin fan perspective in that sense. Because as you... No, I'm a Bucks, Brewers, Packer, Badger fan. So, what do I think? I think he's gone. I think he's going to be gone, whether that be retirement or traded. I think Goody is ready for the next step of his control as the GM. I think he's ready to move on from Rodgers, and I think he's ready to – Bring in his own era of football. With that being said, watching Rodgers throughout the entire season on on uh, on TV or in person, it he seemed like he was frustrated with the coaching staff to so many degrees. He was yelling at Lafleur. He wasn't play calling the calls that were being sent to him. He was audible a lot, and that's something that I was noticing when watching because the plays seemed a bit different than what I think were brought in or communicated to Rodgers. So if he is traded and doesn't retire, what are the most likely spots for him to land? On get up, this was probably the biggest thing that anyone was talking about for like three to five days, maybe even six to seven days. But the top spots that I think are most likely to happen are the New York Jets, especially with them signing Hackett, because as you know, or as I know, Hackett and Rodgers are really close. They are really close. And the Jets bringing Hackett along the coaching staff as the offensive coordinator really makes it likely for Rodgers to be traded there if he wants. Another team would be the Raiders to team up with Devontae again because him and Devontae are good friends. And Devontae just lost his hometown buddy, his college quarterback that he went out. He went out to go play with Derek Carr, remember, because the the Packers offered Devontae the exact same contract that the Raiders offered and he chose to go play for the Raiders because he wanted to play with their car and be out West with his family. Okay. Well, now your quarterback that you wanted is gone. You just had an underwhelming season. It's likely that the Raiders could make a push for Rodgers. Another interesting place would be Tennessee. Tennessee has a very strong run offense and an okay defense, probably middle-of-the-pack defense, but they don't have receivers. So that's kind of the kicker is do you go to a team with no receivers when that's the entire thing you've been complaining about for the past two and a half seasons? Another thing that makes me think that he's gone is because the past couple seasons, he hasn't been taking the time at OTAs or the summer practices to build up repertoire or rapport with the receivers. And he never went out to build chemistry. Okay. That's fine. You can do that, but then it's going to hurt the regular season. Sure, they started off 3-1, and one, but that's thanks to the run game. The next strain of losses is because you didn't have chemistry with the receivers. So that entire first half of the season was Rodgers' practice with the receivers pretty much, building rapport with those receivers. That's right, we have our first... Official stat of the week, and this is the first of two on this episode. In Brett Favre's final six passes in Green Bay, he was 2-for-6 with 12 yards and a game-sealing interception on the final pass. In Rodgers' final six passes of 2022, he was 2-for-6, 12 yards passing, and a game-sealing interception on the final pass. Interesting enough, this is another similarity between Rodgers and Favre. So then this brings me to another quarterback that wears the number 12, Tom Brady. What are his likely spots? Is he going to retire? Is he going to move on from Tampa? Is Tampa Tom no longer a thing? I think there's three spots for Tom Brady as well. Actually, I think there's four spots for Tom Brady, and you could maybe put five, and same with Rodgers as his fourth. I think Rodgers and Brady's fifth spot to go would be the Broncos, just because of Russell Wilson's underwhelming, terrible season, but that's the bottom of the barrel, I think Tom Brady's most likely spot to go is Miami. Miami and Tampa Bay are both pretty equal. I think those two teams, if he, would, if he doesn't retire for Brady, I think those teams are well above the rest at likely spots to go. Because he has family his family lives in Florida, Miami is closer to his family and he doesn't want to travel a lot. So those those two spots would be one and two. And you can you can put it two and like you could put Tampa Bay at one, you could put Miami at two, you and the vice versa. It's pretty much the same spot in my opinion. And the reason I think Miami is just a bit above Tampa Is because they have more their receivers are very equal, but I think the Dolphins run game is just significantly stronger in that sense, and their defense, their defenses are pretty equal. And the one thing I will give the Buccaneers is that their entire offensive line was hurt. I get that. So that will hinder your run game. But still, those are those are one and two. Now, the next team might be a shock, but I really think that he might go back to New England. It's no surprise that Brady and Gronk are like a dynamic duo. They're best friends. They're, they're probably the best pairing in history for quarterback to receiver connection. It being a tight end, but quarterback and receiving connection. And the one thing that is interesting is that the Patriots organization is not impressed with Mac Jones whatsoever, and I'm not really impressed with him either. But if you bring in Tom Brady, you instantly become a playoff team because they have decent receivers. You bring in Gronk there too, you have a tight end now because Gronk is open to playing again, remember. So if you have Brady back in Foxborough, with a solid run game, and a developing defense, you let Mac Jones sit behind Brady for a year. A year. Mac Jones is going to pick apart Brady's mind in that year. And you instantly become a playoff team, in my opinion. Now, the downfall... You have to face the Dolphins, you have to face the Bills, you have to face the Jets. And all these teams now are starting to become very competitive teams. That's the only downfall there. The fourth spot. It's kind of a it's kind of a wishwashy spot, but it's Indianapolis slash Tennessee. Indy needs a quarterback. Tennessee has a quarterback, but could use an upgrade. And the one thing that these two teams have is a great run offense. And every time Brady has made the Super Bowl, he hasn't had to play hero ball like Aaron Rodgers has. He's used the team that he has built around him. He is a run heavy quarterback he likes to run the ball because it opens the passing lanes for him so those two teams are kind of like intermixed down there at four and then five being the broncos just because that's far out and he doesn't want to be away from family another plus with being it either in indianapolis or tennessee you face the jaguars twice you face the slash tennessee titans twice you face the Texans twice. It's a very easy division. And I know Jacksonville made the playoffs and is on the up and coming, but they're still developing. And this division is still very down. So that is the talk about the quarterbacks that don the number 12. And now looking at the NFC and AFC championship games from this past weekend, The 49ers had both quarterbacks injured during the game. And Brock Purdy might need UCL surgery. While Johnson got hurt as well, it was not too serious, though. And McCaffrey had to play quarterback a little bit. Uh, The Eagles stayed on top and were hot from the start to finish. Jalen Hurts played great, but was outshined by the run game. The run game had three touchdowns and over 140 yards. And this leads into the second stat of the week. The Eagles broke the Packers' record for most rushing touchdowns in a season, including the postseason. The Packers previously had the record for over 50 years when Vince Lombardi was their coach and Jim Taylor was their running back. And then taking a look at the AFC game, it was a much more close Matchup. Um, everyone's talking about the final play, the push that granted the Chiefs 15 more yards for a field goal. And I find it really funny how Kelsey had that moxie in the end. He was very poised and uh, he was very entertaining on the mic. And he even got Dwayne, the rock Johnson to, uh, speak out on Twitter about it. Um, the famous "Know you'll roll and shut your mouth. That is what Kelsey said. That's what the rock used to say. So that was funny. Um, Kelsey also said, um, he, he was, uh, calling out the mayor of Cincinnati, which was funny. So that's kind of a recap, um. Of the NFC AFC Championship games. Um, but we're not done talking about football. We've got Pro Bowl coming up. And this year they switched it. It's going to be a flag football game with skills challenges. The two most popular NFL advocates right now, Peyton and Eli Manning, are the public advocates and spokespeople of the event. The Pro Bowl is now going to be flag football. This could appeal towards younger audiences and could be a fun and interesting change for the Pro Bowl. It could encourage more players to participate. The Pro Bowl being flag football could encourage more players to step foot on the field because there's no contact and there's no need for players to be worried about getting hurt. It's going to appeal to younger audiences because the NFL already has games on Nickelodeon to appeal to younger audiences. While most young audiences really play flag football. So it could be interesting for parents to put on the game and say, here, watch this. This is the Pro Bowl. This is the best players in the NFL. And they're playing flag, flag football as a way of encouraging those younger players in the game of football to stick with football. It's an interesting twist that I'm kind of excited for, honestly. It could really mean the NFL is trying to do something different, and I appreciate that. But we'll have to see what the ratings say about that. That The Pro Bowl is going to be this weekend, along with all the skills challenges. So just keep an eye out for that. Next up, we have some NBA talk. Now, the Lakers make a move for Rui Hachimori and expect more trades to come with the deadline approaching. That is Thursday, February 9th. So just be on the lookout for some Woj bombs. Be on the lookout for players making a move. There's actually a report that the Mavericks are willing to trade anyone for a star to line up with Luka right now, even Dorian Finney-Smith who, in my opinion, is probably the second best player on that team as he does a little bit of everything. He can score. He can defend. He's kind of a mixed player. Um, And with that being said, with the deadline approaching, we're also approaching the NBA All-Star Game. The captains, starters, and game have been announced, um, or some details about the game have been announced, I should say. In the West, we have Curry. Doncic, Jokic, and Williamson, led by Captain LeBron. And in the East, we have Durant, Kyrie, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, led by Captain Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, there's a new way the teams are going to be picked. It's kind of like streetball or pickup games. The teams will be selected before the game. So, the two captains are going to be on the court. Players will be lined up and Let's say Giannis has the first pick. I'm not sure who has the first pick, but let's say Giannis does, and he'll be like, "I want Doncic." Well, now Doncic is on Giannis's team, and LeBron is like, "Uh, well, you, if you took Doncic, probably the next best player to pick would be Tatum." So that's how it's gonna be. It's it's kind of creating that suspense, and I kind of like it, but. The NBA All-Star Game is not what shines, and it it hasn't been what shines for the NBA in the All-Star Weekend. The two events that I always look forward to watching was the three-point contest and the dunk contest. Well, in recent years, the dunk contest has been a joke. It's been terrible. And the three-point contest is always fun to watch. I love the three-point contest. But, again, you have to think, are they going to change the dunk contest to a way that makes it enjoyable for the viewer and the participants? And how are they going to schedule the three-point contest? They added the four-point shot, which I don't really like, but whatever. And obviously, you have the skills challenge as well. Which I kind of am enjoying the skills challenge a lot now. How it's a team formatted thing, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, the final segment is that the PJ Tour has begun. Max Homa won the opening tour, the Farmers Insurance Open. Keegan Bradley placed second. Colin Morikawa placed third, and also the tennis season is underway. Djokovic uh, won. Uh, The first time in Australia, I believe, Uh, he got emotional after winning. He went on the ground crying because in years prior, he wasn't able to compete because of COVID. And it is interesting because now he's back. And for him to win that, he just completely lost everything when he won. And, yeah, it was the Australian Open. And I'm, I'm very happy to see him finally win because he was denied entry uh, three years in a row, I'm pretty sure. So it's been a long time coming for him. So, yeah, that will conclude the first episode back underway. Um, my podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio and go check out those um with that being said i'm dylan shabelski aka shibs signing off for the first week back